What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. Get this party started. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah. So, hey, Rebecca. Hey. I recently I was on your podcast, Ayahuasca Talks. That's right. And uh, we got some. Uh, we went pretty deep into the ayahuasca realms, and all that jazz, all that psychedelic talk that never gets boring. So. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're with us. So, welcome to Curious Gyms. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Glad to have you. I um, I find it funny because uh, not long ago we were talking to someone and and a very similar topic, let's say, uh, that we're probably going to have. But people have um, kind of varying opinions about what they experience, what they see, what they who they come in contact with, who or what, when they're on. Yeah, the, of course. And and the, even the the weight they give it. You know, sometimes they, they just feel like um, it can be brushed aside or or recontextualized so that it's not such a big deal or it's not so important or they want to keep it secret. There's all this kind of and, and for me personally, I grew up listening to like uh, Terrence McKenna and and the like and, um, you know, Dennis Leary and, like you know, throw in throw in some big names Uh uh, so personally, I love it because it's like talking about dreams. But uh, I mean, in the same vein, a lot of people can get really <laughs> like tired or annoyed. It's like if you're trying to describe a dream, obviously there's a personal aspect. But like, how do you feel about that? Do you do you try to navigate that or do you just no holds bar? Like, this is what I saw. This is the thing I talked to. This is what it told me. Um, well, uh, given my own experience, um, it was kind of hard to brush off. I came back with this voice that was continuing in my mind. So it, this is my life now, right? But I can fully appreciate that for somebody else, it might not be like that at all. And, um, you know, one of the first things that this voice taught me, this continuing dialogue with this higher consciousness that shares with me wisdom that is really exceptional and wonderful um uh, and and also as is often the case when we're uh, in the ayahuasca experience had access to all my thoughts and, <laughs> you know so there's this dialogue that's commenting on that and sharing insight into the way that i think and and how to change it and one of the first things uh that it did was uh draw my attention to how I compared myself with others mm. and how not helpful that was. And so I think when we look at, uh, and, and another thing ayahuasca does in general, I believe is to help us to appreciate how unique we all are. And I think that it's helping us to move away from this idea that everybody should have this type of experience and everybody should regard this as, you know, sacred and 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 that not and you know all these categories and all these barriers you know we're all sacred mm -hmm. <laughs> we really are 
and uh, and and the medicines are there to help. Uh, they're only showing up as medicines because clearly we're sick. <laughs> we have illness, and obviously we're in agreement with it because we, you know, given the intentions that we go and approach them, the medicine with, um, it responds as a medicine because you know because of our intentions and where we're at and what we want and how we believe we can't have that. Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned this to Sammy in the last podcast that. Um, it's like the there's reaching a peak of chaos right now, and you can see it across across the world. There, there's chaos, there's anger, there's fear, there's hate, there's all sorts of things going on, and there's this plant medicine solution almost kind of rising with it, and it's incredible to see because it is a, it's almost at its the most popular it's ever been right now. Ayahuasca and all the psychedelics, and it's being talked about. There's like documentaries coming out on Netflix on pretty mainstream shows and people are more more in tune with what this is. So it's like it's interesting to see how it's they're coinciding together, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Almost, uh, it's it's um, no coincidence, like you were saying, for sure. Yeah, I don't believe so. And I think that we have something to do with that, too. I mean, again, I, I think we have this tendency to separate everything out. But mm. I think that we're working in tandem, you know, with nature to come up with solutions because we're starting to admit, you know, that there are deep problems. And we're doing this through allowing some things to unfold that, you know, are are just this chaos and sickness that's rising to the surface. I mean, it's been there a long, long time. Uh, we're just kind of allowing it to run rampant so that we are put in a position where we are looking for different alternatives and recognizing that the ones that uh, the ways that we've been uh, addressing things are trying to uh, have not necessarily brought us where we want to be. I mean, all of this is really, you know, us working together. Or learning to. Ways. Not just ayahuasca or psychedelics. You know, there are people out there having all kinds of amazing experiences, near-death experiences, very similar to the ayahuasca experience. Oh, yeah. And um, just, you know, random spiritual experiences out of nowhere. And a lot of us can get together and go, wow, you know, there's such amazing similarities. And then, of course, these tremendous uniquenesses. And I think that that's why some people walk away from ayahuasca going, oh, well, that was interesting, but, you know, not for me. And I'm not going to become this, you know, person who's devoted to this way of thinking or life. And there's other people you know, like me and, and just many others who suddenly have a mission and who, who have had this longstanding relationship and didn't even know it, you know. Um, ayahuasca took me into a dream that I had years ago, one of those dreams that we forget, mm. you know. But she allowed me to remember it so that she could basically let me know that we had connected before and she had come to me like years oh. ago, so... I love that. I hear that so often. I've I've felt it myself. Really? Yeah, well, not exactly that, but just this kind of, um, I almost want to use the word nostalgia, like this weird kind of spiritual nostalgia, like something comes up that's old, that's like been in you the whole time, kind of. And it, ha it has this, this flavor of some hero's journey, but that was put on pause. Like it's not so clear cut as a movie. It's like life went on and you had things to do. And then you drink some sacrament, you know, that... <laughs> does something or knocks you like you were saying there's whatever situation it is that kind of puts you in the the spiritual uh mindset or f like mind frame uh, did we lose you uh, i think uh, we just i just see you're frozen right now can you hear us 
Oh, everyone, there's Skype technical difficulties. We'll see what's going on here. Maybe she might appear again. Uh, yeah, Sammy, what were you saying? What was I saying? Well, I was talking about um, like the this kind of reawakening. There's this feeling like it's not new info, but it's this th th this realigning, and it's very invigorating because it is like something from maybe your childhood or something that just you're like, oh, it clicks again. Like you you forgot something, and now you're holding something that obviously has this completely new context, but it it felt lost for a while, so it feels even more important. I know yeah. I'm being vague, but like. uh, <laughs> and no, this is and and you know um, a lot of this important stuff, seemingly important anyway, is very nuanced. So it is hard to explain and and articulate. Um, but uh, this is very similar to again near death experiences where they come in contact with somebody who is familiar, but they know they didn't know them in this life. But mm -hmm. there's that deep familiarity and love you know and then and then they're they come back to this fear carnival <laughs> yeah. oh yeah the fear carnival <laughs> yeah you gave yeah, us a good one we really that. should talk about that that's just such an amazing uh let's let's get into it i mean metaphor really so you know yeah. You know how it was given to me you know and i was i feel very blessed to have it and, and share it but it was it's it's it makes so much sense and it, it, it resonates even more now in what's going on in the world. And it's like, it's oh, like yeah. the choice is so clear. It's almost like ayahuasca was just preparing me, you know? And, and in many ways, I think that, that they, they are, they're trying to, you know, equip us to respond in this world in a different way. What I started to recognize very early on is that our experience here is very responsive. You know, and and I, I picked up on that before I even entered into the medicine world. Um, I was making a film in South Africa, uh, this fundraising film for uh, micro lenders in the townships. And uh, I, I got a chance to go out in the bush in South Africa for a bit. Cool. And there was this wonderful man who was one of these guys who just like so... Uh, at one, you know, with with the natural environment there, and he just he breathed it in. He just knew it so well, and he introduced me to this um, acacia tree and talked about marvelous qualities. Not the psychedelic aspect, interestingly enough. However, he did cover off like, hey, if you're ever you know caught in the bush uh, without food or help, or if you're wounded, you can treat your wounds this way. If you um, you know, need sustenance, you can make a coffee with it. And all of these things, this tree was like a lifeline. But the most remarkable thing that he talked about this tree was uh, the fact that um, all the animals in the area fed off the leaves of the tree. And when a tree became sparse, one of these acacia trees, uh, it would start to emit this bitter flavor through its leaves to drive off the animals. But not only this one tree would do it, all the trees in the area would do it, regardless of how full or sparse they were, to support this one tree. And to me, that was amazing to me. That was like, wow, nature is actually communicating and responding to one another without what we consider to be the, you know, the only form of communication, right? And... I thought there's something really profound going on here. And, you know, came back, had a baby, got terribly depressed afterwards. <laughs> yeah. um, and it wasn't the post 
baby syndrome or whatever they like to call it. I mean, I, oh, I yeah, do think uh, we give these names. To, yeah, I, I think that we give them names to make us feel like we know what's going on, which is not always true. <laughs> you know, oh, we've named it so we can feel like we're on top of it now. But exactly. I do think that there are a lot of, you know, different things going on. You know, for me, I think it was building for ages. And, and now I'm realizing there's a physical component. Hmm. But anyway, uh, you know, which led me to plant medicines. So hooray for, you know, all the crazy, terrible years that went through that drove me in that direction. Um, and then many of us have experienced psychedelics and medicines. We realize right away that if we go in with fear, our experience is going to be colored by that. Absolutely. Um, even how we respond to these entities that, uh, or, or this presence or whatever you want to call it, spirits that we come in contact with, uh, they are very responsive to our state. You know, I mean, um, I've had experiences where it's just been so obvious. You know, in fact, Iboga uh, experience, he even commented on it. You know, he showed up and he was just like this very brash character and it was very funny. And we tend to regard some of this, many of us in the community, Iboga, with this, you know, Oz type reverence, you know, with a little fear mixed in there, right? And he shows up as this ridiculous, you know, cowboy and and da 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 da, da you know, and, and and all this hilarious stuff. And and I was taken aback. And he's like, "Don't do that, you know. If you do that, we're gonna have to deal with that. Are we gonna yeah. deal with this, which is like all the issues I came to the medicine with, or are we gonna deal with that? My reaction, mm. you know." And this was all internal. I'm lying down with, you know, this is all my internal state that he's responding to. And I think that over time, they really convinced me that everything that happens around us has everything to do with how we're responding internally. That's a huge point. And I can resonate with that because uh, one of my, I had a DMT trip a few years back. I kind of did like a solo ceremony and I, when I took the third hit, I just went back into the trance and I was lying down. And I remembered this like vision. I was like literally seeing how the planet was created. I was seeing asteroids hitting this giant sphere, and which is Earth. And there was like a being in the corner, an entity. It wasn't a physical being. It was just energy that I knew was there. And it was explaining to me what was going on. And I kept focusing on like, what the hell are you? And he was getting frustrated with me. Call it what it is. It was just like, it's just look up here. I'm showing you the, the birth. Of the, stop looking at me. And I was just like, I was so amazed about who this thing was. And it was getting frustrated with me. And I think now that you're explaining your experience, I think that's what was happening. I was just, I was, my attention was kind of diverted to who the hell is this person talking to me? That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love that. There's yeah. like, um... there's something big there. Actually, there's a bigger lesson to, uh, and I think that this is a lesson that we really all need to learn because we we walk away from these experiences and we do, for those of us who kind of, you know, moved out of the religious space because that didn't, we didn't feel it served us or we didn't feel like we were, uh, you know, moved by it. And then we go into this medicine space and we do very similar things. Oh, you know, praise this being or that being. And they're like, it's not about us. It's about you guys. <laughs> You know, yeah. it really is. You can praise this all you like, but if your life isn't improving or changing and things aren't changing on this, 
in this crazy project we call Earth. (laughs) That's what I love. Like you, you, it's it's this larger than life experience, and every entity or intelligence that you're coming up to is is essentially turning you around. Like it's about you. It's about like it's like we're we're not trying to pull you out. We're trying to improve your quality of life. We're trying to turn you like we're trying to. It's it's just funny. I, like you're both explaining it, and, and I, I've had it also. Just this this kind of um, like you lose focus in the face of novelty, if you want to put it that way. And then and then l- luckily there's this kind of higher intelligence, uh, or at least intelligence. I don't know uh, what to call it, but it's just like it's like whoa, stop that. <laughs> like it's just it it hits you on the head with a stick, like the martial arts teacher sort of. Like it's it's lovingly. It's but it's. It's, it's call it what it is like you said yeah. like it's like hey man what the fuck like <laughs> you know pay attention like yeah. you're, you're like a kid and it's like it's the same thing with, with lucid dreaming because you the, the novelty can be shocking and then you wake up so maybe you don't wake up because you're you know the the medicine is uh, in you kind of thing you know and you're you're you bought the ticket as they say uh, but still you can you can i don't want to say waste your time i feel i feel like there's a syllabus sort of and it's always meeting you where you're ready to hear it it's almost like a frequency that you can just kind of dip your finger into and what is not heard is because you can't hear it yet and what is Mm. being heard is exactly what you need to hear it's 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 kind of a perfect system like that i would even add i would add further that it is a syllabus and it does meet you where where you are but sometimes at least for me with ayahuasca she'll she'll take you a little bit further and be like let's take a peek over there and sometimes just that peak will blast you off into like a fucking spiral of panic and then you have to work through it but it's it's like a harsh lesson and there's a meme actually it's like it shows you off the cliff off a hand getting flicked off the cliff and it says like ayahuasca is the flick and then the bottom is like something catching you and it's like ayahuasca is also catching you <laughs> so so yeah, I think we're just trying to get our attention, and I think yeah. that's a difficult task these days. <laughs> we're at, Sometimes we're lives. so stubborn. <laughs> well said. Yeah, I mean, never before have I felt like so much of a kid, honestly, in, mm. in the face of this immense wisdom and me just trying to kind of, okay, you know, <laughs> muddle my way through as best I can. It's like, oh, my God, I do. And it's good because... That's that's pretty much where we're at. I mean, yeah. let's think about this. We're just we're still in survival mode. We talk about our we we look at all these this seemingly impressive advances we've made and all the rest of it. We're still fighting for our lives, and I don't think that we really have to. I think that that's something we keep reinventing and and presenting mm-hmm. to ourselves over and over again in the form of well many things, right? We have a choice, and that's why the fear carnival. So mm-hmm. this fear carnival that was presented to you, Nathaniel, where yes. you know it was all very appealing, and the carnival, you know, lots of big lights, um, people seeming to really be engaged, you know, and then this dark, mysterious forest that was the alternative. And I think that that was just, and this is my take on it, these things uh, appear to people uh, for a reason because it's a very individual thing. But for me, when I heard that, I thought, yeah, to us, the fear option seems like the only option. I mean, honestly, why would we go to that dark forest when there's these bright lights and everybody's doing it? And it actually seems appealing and comfortable. 
-hmm. And I think that they're trying to tell us that that's what we, that's the reality that we are choosing to live in where fear seems like the only obvious choice and and this other choice that's going to be so much better for us mm. seems you know too dark and mysterious for us to take that chance and i think they're helping us you know take that chance i would add too because that vision of the yeah. carnival there was um i saw as i was hovering past the carnival i saw there's people with with only a few fear currency dollars like so the vision was that there's the fear carnival where everyone's paying with fear currencies <laughs> and the more money, the more currency you have, the more fear tickets you have, the further you can go into the carnival. And then you, I saw, like, I keep, this image sticks in my head very, very uh, vividly. It was uh, some, like, uh, overweight guy with, with uh, ch like, the cheese dripping down his, uh, nacho cheese dripping down his chin, and he was holding, like, uh, like the nachos and a giant, uh, like, stuffed like a, animal, you know? Okay. And he's just walking like this. And so as I was hovering through, then I see the beyond where it's, it was like the, this musky forest. It said the beyond on the top and there was like a couple stragglers. But I would add that people that are living in that fear were all in some sense part of that. But there's some people where they don't even feel the fear anymore because they got so much of the currency. So they're so comforted and they, they, it kind of like tricks you into this reality, but it's all on a foundation of deep fear, you know, but it's, the, it's like a distraction. This comes up a lot when we start to delve into areas of wellness and mental health and we start to look at how addicted we are to certain emotions because we have experienced them for so long and we perceive them in a certain way. Um, I went through this period of time when I moved into where I am now, which was maybe like uh, I, almost a year, maybe a little less after this big voice kicked in, this big dialogue. I'd had some back and forth in my shamanic, you know, experiences before medicines, but afterwards, after ayahuasca, it just kicked in fully. Anyway, I come here and then my lesson, it seemed to be shifted from whatever questions and answers we were doing before to this whole avenue of surrender. This is what I'd hear in my head, day and night, surrender, 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 surrender. And it was like, it was forcing me to focus on this concept and what it meant. And when I found myself surrendering, I found myself relaxing a lot more and I was more open. As we know, when we do these medicines, when we're closed, sometimes it can't get through to us. And this is me mm -hmm. not on medicines. This is me just connecting with this presence, right? But it was teaching me about the state that I was in. I didn't even realize you know, there was a lot of soothing voices and I'm thinking, am I like that, you know, on edge? I didn't even know. We're so unaware because it's so common to us, you know, and, and we become accustomed to it and addicted to it. Mm -hmm. And so we keep provoking it in our lives because we want to keep going what we're familiar with, you know. And yeah. that's part of the appeal. It's mm. like we don't know that other way of being and it, it frightens us, ironically being in fear is so familiar and we believe it's protecting us too there was a belief because when i dropped it i felt vulnerable mm -hmm. and yet that's the the powerful state is yeah. to be not in fear and to, and to be vulnerable and to be open and you know i i've like not listened to mainstream media for years now unless i'm in a position where i have to and that happens sometimes uh um, I was taking uh, my mom for some operation. You're sitting in the waiting room and there's like this 24-hour news thing that's 
murder, murder, That's arrest, crazy. you know. The same thing, I was on a ride to a funeral recently, and then and the news was playing in the car, and it was like, you know, murder, death, COVID, murder, arrest, hospital, injured, COVID, which is over and over again. And I'm looking at my son, hoping to God he's not listening because he doesn't, he never gets exposed to this stuff, right? Mm. And, and thankfully, his attention deficit situation helped out a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> not focusing on that at all. And, and we started to like do the whole cloud thing. I, 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 I asked him to count cars and you know, point out the red ones or, or let's look at clouds. Look, I see this animal. And yeah, he's easily distracted like that. So yay for that. But just yeah. think about someone who's exposed to that all the time. That fear mm -hmm. level is going to be, you know, it's like adrenaline too. So I can see the addictive nature of it. Oh, big yeah. time. It's also reinforcing that lack of vulnerability. So there's this kind of unconscious uh, defense mechanism where, like, it's we're all fish and that's water. Like you were saying, we're not, we don't really notice it, but we're kind of addicted to it. Like, you don't want to get out of the water. You're scared. You think you're going to die, essentially. And then fear begets fear. Like, you just kind of keep having this uh, fear gets you more fear. Like, you just, you, yeah. Like the, the 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 fear carnival is really interesting. I think there's this subtle thing that you you you're kind of touching on, that the fear is created by that unknown in that forest, and then they kind of built this like the response to that fear is this fear carnival where you are effectively uh, diminishing or avoiding or ignoring the fear, but everything is costing you this this fear currency. It's like you're buying into fear. You're just buying more fear. This carnival gets bigger and it becomes it, uh, like a, a world of its own. And this freedom or this uh, other slice of reality, this other version of yourself, this possible danger, that's the vulnerability. That's not the fear. You're, the fear, I guess you're, you're, you're living in fear either way, but it's how you're perceiving it and how you're living with it. Whereas if you're just on the rides, then you're getting fat and you're getting like whatever the, that analogy continues, you don't even feel the fear anymore. And like you're saying, I use my mom a lot as an example because she loves, yeah, sorry, mom, <laughs> but she, she watches the news a lot. And when I tell her, when I try to point out what it's like doing to her in that sense, because she does, and not everyone, maybe not everyone feels this way, but she does kind of build up fear. She, it's like this. It's like this lid that has to blow every now and then because she's like, no, no, there were like this many rapes and murders this year or something. Like, it's like, do you see any of this? Do you live any of this? She's like, no, I need to know because for my safety. Like, what do you have a gun and you're like waiting for the murderer at the door? Like, it's it's like um, it's it's hard to it, it tell the it's it's hard to tell people that a lot of our security is theater. It's hard to let people. It's hard for people to let themselves feel vulnerable. Because, like you were saying, it's it's this thing that we're we've outgrown. We're not in danger, but we are totally still feeling. We're still riding that evolutionary wave, and we are whole. Like we're we're tense, and it's making us sick, and it's making us like get angry at each other and perpetuate like stupid memes that are that are dividing us and and making us feel lost and disenfranchised, and all the bad things in the world can kind of be rooted down to this. I mean, you know, sometimes you just trip and fall and you get hurt and that's not necessarily fear's fault, but how you respond to that is. And and it's it's global and it's overwhelming and it's layered, you know? Like you could think you get out of it, but then you have a next level of vulnerability, a next level of fear. 
I think life like ayahuasca has that kind of syllabus effect. Anyway, I'm just ranting now. It's a thing I do. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, um, I was thinking about uh, your mom and I just wanted to kind of, uh, you know, add to that, that uh, I remember my mother reading the newspaper and when she, you know, when there was a particularly alarming story that involved youth, you know, she'd have to read it to us and, and she was hoping, of course, to scare the pants off us and, and mm -hmm. in so doing, keep us safe. <laughs> this is the, the reasoning. And there was part of her that felt she was being a good parent and doing so. And I believe that's true of your, of your mother. And I believe it's true of many people who are all involved in the fear carnival. You know, again, it's like the fish. They don't know they're in it, right? So I think that um, our, uh, there's an opportunity there for us to respond with compassion and, and, and to not, you know, create more fear and, and divide in, in our response to that. Mm. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, I think that the best way that we change is to change ourselves. And then yes. eventually it's possible, although it's good not to be attached to this outcome. But I've seen that, you know, people start to go, hmm, that person, you know, seems like they're doing all right. And they didn't buy into all that. They didn't even go in the carnival. You know, I wonder what's over there. Mm. And I believe that that's, that's, you know, the healthiest way. Yeah, there's like a there's like an emission at some point. We were actually talking about that yesterday as well. Like there's there's a kind of um, wave you carry, and then you're giving people permission to to explore another side of reality. And it is it is suddenly the awareness of that fear water, whatever you want to call it. And and uh, it's I think it's really most people were very stubborn, and it really only gets in. Like the possibility of another modality only gets in when we see somebody walking around and it works for them. They can they can hold their head up high. They can feel you can see that they're healthier or making better decisions or something in the micro. You know, it it, it is a metaphor in the end or or this kind of strange uh, visual info. But but the the carnival is like you know your left foot and your and the the scary forest is the right foot. You just gotta lean. Like it's 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 a it's a hop and a skip. You know, it's a it's not it's not a trek it's not a it's not a you don't have to cash out and you don't have to drive into your car like it's it's really just um it becomes a choice it's a series of choices yeah. a oh, daily a promise sort of yeah and i think that you know uh, we have to um if we're going to uh really buy into this no fear thing or do as good a job as we can you know, part of it is respecting people's choices too, you know, and mm -hmm. just doing our own thing and, and sharing it if that's what we feel, you know, inspired to do. And then allowing the chips to fall where they may, because that's the essence of freedom, really, like true freedom, you know, is not turning around and doing the very thing that, you know, was done to us that got us all involved in this fear carnival, which is the intense, you know, campaign right? <laughs> to grab the attention and all this stuff. That just um, becomes another form of ego, like an ego trick, where now you're like, in the, we spoke about it yesterday too, it's like you're on like this hierarchy now, I'm, I'm the spiritual person and this is the way, and then you start preaching that. And it's mm -hmm. like you're doing the same thing that everything el everyone else did in all these other religions where at some point it was probably the message was so pure and then the human yeah. ego got in control and said, this is the right way to do it, listen to me. And then it just, it kind of, it crumbles, you know, it yeah. starts to crumble. Yeah, we're and so I mean, silly. you know, uh, we're just exploring this and we're going to have to, you know, there's going to be awkwardness in us finding our way. And 
if we can be patient with ourselves and everybody um, and regard ourselves and everybody else as these children who are making our way, it's really ideal. Um, I had a moment when I was first presented with this continuing dialogue and um, one of the questions that I had was, had to do with something I learned through someone's near-death experience, this guy named Ivan Alexander, who wrote a book about his experiences um, when he was in this coma and had this very shamanic <laughs> experience, which uh, there were aspects of it that I've experienced myself outside of the medicine through this dialogue. And so it was just, you know, uh, very important for me, that story, to hear it and validate some of the things that I was going through. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things uh, was was a little concerning to me because uh, there was this description as, you know, he was very vivid in his description of this setting where there are all these different kinds of people and some he described as peasants. And I thought, hmm, uh, because for us, that's kind of more of a loaded description, you know, with all of our ideas about these things, uh, th these hierarchical ideas. So I asked this um, this spiritual ally of mine that I dialogue with saying, what about that anyway? Like, are, is there a hierarchy? Like, um, are there people at different levels, you know, of what, what have you, you know, spiritual understanding, um, uh, existence, whatever. Awareness, they, freedom, intelligence. Yeah. 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 And they said, absolutely. But the way that they, view things is entirely different than the way we do because then they used my son in this analogy in the response it was like it was the way that we uh, view hierarchy is like you know if I look at Evan my son who's now 11 saying oh god look at him he's only 11 you know, he hasn't even grown up well, yet if I looked at and, and, and of course the idea is absurd we love you know, children and other innocents and the fact that they're just learning. And what they were conveying to me is that this is how we look at people who are not at this, you know, spiritual understanding yet and, and, and on various levels that it's only with love and, and genuine appreciation for where they're at and all the beauty that comes with that, all mm -hmm. the wonder and all the amazing aspects of their, you know, learning journey. It's yeah, it's something that we could really learn from. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's I'm I'm hearing that a lot from a lot of different places because it seems like it's really needed right now. But it's also a very old idea. There's just like like love is never in question. You know, there's no there there can be a kind of uh, you know it's not very PC, but like people have different abilities. You know, and different is a strong word here uh, because there are some things someone won't be able to do that you will and vice versa. And then you have a, like a strong team forming, you know, you have a kind of value or a, an interest from one individual to the other. There's no reason to, to work with the hierarchy unless you need someone with a certain skill set to do something, you know, but in all of that line, there's no need to question love. There's no purpose ever to impose fear or hatred on someone. It's never useful. It's never bared any, sweet fruit let's say so it's it's a pretty clean and obvious idea and personally speaking when i try to live with that and walk with that and kind of like uh namaste in my head like every thing or every person man my chest feels like open like my my lot my heart feels lighter uh, like 
just from a technical standpoint, I'm, even if I can't explain it. Yeah, and it is. It can be a challenge at times. Yeah, um, that's, in retrospect, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the ways that, one thing that occurred to me when you were talking about that was, um, why are we focusing on the hierarchy and everybody else? This is, again, one of these early lessons I got. It's like, stop focusing on that stuff. Why don't you find your own uh, gifts and your own abilities rather than that guy's got this and this one's got that. And it's like, forget about this one and that one. Look mm -hmm. inside and start to discover yourself because that's the only way you're going to be happy. It's the only thing that's going to move you forward and take you where you want to go. That's a that's really... It. I didn't think uh, you're so right. It's a, it's a, it's the most intelligent perspective I think to take instead of worrying about it's, it's, I think it's more fear to kind of want to place yourself in that hierarchy to kind of know where you stand instead of just kind of like uh, bl blossoming instead of just kind of being in place and not, and like, you know, the chips, like you said, will fall where they may, they, they're, they're going to fall where they're supposed to if you do that. And then, you know, it's in God's hands kind of thing. You know, there's a famous meme yeah. It shows uh, Michael Phelps is an Olympic swimmer. It shows him swimming for the first place. He's right before the finish, like he's just about to touch the wall. And then it showed the second place guy looking at Michael Phelps. Mm. He was literally looking at him and he was like a couple meters behind or like just right behind him. And it just, it's that. It's where is your, where is your focus really at? That's you know? so powerful. I it's a that. powerful image, man. And it's like, yeah, there's a first and second, but it's just a mindset that it's really illustrating that Michael is just focusing on him and the goal. And then the ones that aren't at that level are maybe focusing on how did he get there? What's he's, you know, and that they're playing that mind game of, of what, what comes with that mind game is just shame, uh, yeah. you know, anger towards yourself. And it's not actually productive. It's, it's just holding you back, but it's you holding you back from whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. I had, um, I had, uh, well, you know, let's say my own uh, voices of some kind. I'm, I, th I feel like I have to force the door open. I don't think I have like a clean dialogue like you've uh, acquired, but something, I, I just can't take pr credit for this because it was really interesting, but I, I heard this line and it was essentially like, um, those who change how you think don't care what you think. And it was a funny, it was a funny little like play on words. Well, not, not a play, but a play with words. And, and I liked it because it's like a lot of the influential and powerful people in the world are weird, eccentric, and intelligent, and unapologetically so in all of those categories. They don't really care what you think, and they're the influencers in the real sense of that term, like not just someone who has a blog or whatever. Like, a, like they're, they're, you know, making you see, like think about how you think. And they're... You know, maybe they are thinking of that. I think that might be a little naive now that I say it out loud. I think some Einsteins and, and such of the world were aware of their kind of uh, personality, their, their, the way that they're exposing themselves. So I kind of want to backpedal on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is that you just started to think about, you know, the way that they think. So, again, you moved off of your own path onto... That's a good that point. Person? That's a good, oh man. And that's when you lost it, right? Yo, I, you just screwed my whole day or week like that. I just, I just do that all the time. I, I, you know, it's, it, it would be like holding my breath. I'd like to really genuinely stop comparing. That's going to be a, that's a task for me, for sure. That's going to well, be a big I mean, button. Have we found an intention for a ceremony? Yeah, I think so. It's a, 
good one. Um, and and it's it's a disease that I think is rampant in in our world. So I, I don't think that you know we can blame ourselves for having you know, and, and that's not helpful at all. Of course, we're immersed in this environment, and just being aware to the degree to which you know it's a, it's impacted us, and 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 how much we can benefit from moving beyond it. Um, having that form our intentions. That's another thing, the more we look within, the more we discover better intentions rather than being distracted by what's going on out there. One with that guy's got it. Uh, you know, it's like, what do I need for me? You know? Mm-hmm. I love and, that. And that's why these practices are immensely helpful, like, you know, meditation and, and medicines and even hypnosis. Like, this is why I settled on this practice as a tool to offer others because we have incredible powers. We really do without the medicines. I mean, when you think about it, a lot of these things we have receptors for inside. That's the only reason that they work with us. So really, there's something they're connecting with inside of us that's that's making this happen. And for us to independently start connecting with that and doing the work, doing similar work that we do in medicines, clearing stuff out, detoxing, becoming aware of certain things, you know, agreeing to work on things, we can do all that. We just have to find the right tools. And it's not, you know, everybody's tools will work differently for, you know, different people, just like medicines. But I found it to be a powerful and interesting tool where I'm discovering all kinds of magical things. And people are too yeah i'd love to talk about that i I don't want to switch gears too quickly but like obviously i'm i'm sure anyone listening is really curious about this uh this entity that you're uh, speaking with or i don't know how you uh verbalize it but you you have this kind of uh line to a a higher wisdom you know and i don't know if you're familiar with uh, other channels i guess you can call it there's a few uh i mean when i first came this it happened in a very interesting way uh, because of my own intentions and probably because of who I am. Like we don't we don't know about these things, you know. And I don't take credit for it. Really, I just it just happened, you know. <laughs> and I know that there's I, at the beginning I was so fearful about what people would think and and all of that. And I just really had to let all that go. Um, but surrender. Uh, yeah, and and I I still really don't know why, and I don't really ask too much about who this is, like because that's a big question that comes up. Well, who is it you're talking to? It's like I don't care, as long as I'm getting something out of it. It's the wisdom that's important to me. Like I think that I actually got that right. You know, I got so much wrong, and it was really helping to teach me and reorient me. But the one thing I think I got right was I I don't care who it is. I mean, if it started to like behave in ways that you know were harmful to me then yeah maybe I'd question all that but it it helped me to just focus on what I was learning which is where I am focused but um at the beginning uh before I did any medicines I was um I was just trying to figure out my own depression and 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 sort myself out really and I remember uh, going into this fever. I actually got really sick one time when there was this ice storm in Toronto and um, had a really high fever. And that's an interesting state <laughs> of its own to be in. Mm-hmm. And I got this message and it was, you know, one that I'm sure we've all heard and seen on a plaque somewhere. It's like everything you need is inside of you, you know. And I thought, fine, show me. Show me how to access that then. You know, and I think everything that unfolded after that was really this ongoing responsiveness, um, just like our lives are 
mm. responsive in a way. Teach me about this. Teach me about that. You know, how how do I I do that? And I think that this was a, a response to that. Um, I remember uh, I, I I did a peyote ceremony in Mexico and <laughs> and I was asked to offer up something it was part of the ceremony you, you offer something you give a gift and immediately when i was asked to do that in my mind i had this 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 jade crystal that i had bought it was one of those um dousing crystals where you're supposed to get answers to things and i never felt comfortable with it it never really worked for me interestingly enough uh because that's what i really wanted um but it just didn't and uh but i kept it with me always like it was in my backpack i was certain but I looked for it and suddenly it was not there. These things happen to me now more too. So anyway, uh, my, you know, uh, facilitator was saying, doesn't matter. We'll buy something in town and, and, and you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You don't, it doesn't have to, it doesn't matter. In my mind, I knew somehow I just knew that this was the thing that I was to offer up and I knew I needed to bury it. Like it was strange, but I, it was so forceful. I just knew. Anyway, we went um, according to the whole tradition up the mountain, and, and I had bought this little bracelet in town, you know, made by the locals, uh, you know, a peyote kind of, you know, uh, visionary sort of uh, images on it. Put it in my backpack, went up the mountain, got to the top of the mountain. When the time came to offer this up, it was gone. <laughs> you know? Someone's messing with you. <laughs> the elves. <laughs> the gnomes. So the facilitator just said, I'll give this on your behalf. But I knew. I knew I had to go back and, and find this thing and bury it, you know, um, because this was my intention. How do I access that that part of me, that side of me? Anyway, so I uh, went back. Um, and interestingly enough, I was actually searching for uh, ayahuasca when I found peyote. Um, and because of my previous experiences trying to force things and it turning out terribly badly and me just wasting a lot of time and energy, um, I, I accepted, you know, okay, so peyote's ready for me now and I'm going to do that. And then I came home and I'm, ayahuasca just worked out. You know, I knew it was time mm. for me and it, and it worked out. So I went, okay, so I, I'm, I'm ready. So I went down to Peru, had this, you know, tremendous dialogue and wonderful experiences and then came home, uh, and I couldn't bury that jade uh, uh, crystal because uh, it was winter. You know, it was the, the ground was like solid. I couldn't bury anything. But I went to the jungle and came back, and it was spring. Everything was dying. I buried it. The next day, this voice kicked in. Ooh. And that dowsing crystal was all about getting answers, right? Once that was in the ground, boom this started so i love that <laughs> and not only that when yeah. i was in peru and in ceremony you know ayahuasca was kind of indicating to me the kind of work i'd be doing something to do with this whole thing you know with this whole inner discovery and 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 stuff and i didn't know if it had to do with the medicine specifically or training as a shaman or whatever it was all terribly intimidating to me because i'm like hey i'm a newbie i'm just trying to heal here <laughs> i know nothing right i feel that <laughs> this voice, <laughs> and, this voice, and this was after you know uh shamanic training um having even a connection then uh through my dreams and other means 
uh, iboga and peyote as well and mm. still and having these images appear and all the rest of it still I was like no no <laughs> and said don't worry you know and it's always coming from the position of we don't worry we'll we'll stay with you and then I came home buried the jade crystal and there they were <laughs> so it's, I love that it's it's this thing <laughs> You buried this thing that's supposed to give you answers to get answers. Like, it's this weird seed. It's like, I love this metaphysics thing. Like, it's so obvious and yet so counterintuitive. <laughs> what was that like for you after burying that and then encountering that, that presence? That must have been a little bit scary at first. It was, actually. Uh, it, uh, there was, you know, there was all kinds of things going on. I mean, by then, I had already established a sort of a sort of back and forth with this spiritual ally because I'd done some shamanic training and I'd, I'd got some answers in the form of visuals uh, just before I went to sleep and through dreams and things like that. But it was certainly not as direct as this. And it okay. was certainly not as all day long <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, there was, a, I, I, it was very strange. I had to, uh, it was strange and beautiful. And there were all these conflicting feelings, you know, um, but I think overwhelmingly, I was, I, I felt like, you know, I just won the lottery in a way, you know, <laughs> yeah. I had a lot to learn, <laughs> because it's really not like that at all. But, um, and it was a lot of work. And, um, and I had to isolate again, which was really hard to do, because I'd been depressed for a long time, and I'd become reclusive. And this is one of the things I was hoping to heal. And then, of course, when you've got this going on all day, I mean, it was really hard to focus. And it would respond every time I reached out to it. And if I couldn't stop reaching out to it. Mm. And so I'd be reaching out to it, it like, like you're walking around with headphones and you're not aware of how it's uh, impeding your ability to be responsive to the outer world socially, right? Mm. You know how you do, you're getting into a song, you're like, oh my God, I got to get onto this bus or whatever, right? <laughs> so this is going on, right? This dialogue and I'm like, barely focusing on the outer world and, and really so I really did have to to kind of you know focus on that and my son to be, for me to better yeah. understand this was it was it like a physical form that you can see around in your space or was it all like just this more of like an energetic feeling of just a presence um, there are all of the above at one point, okay. but it's because I was doing a very particular process um, that was recommended to me by ayahuasca homework, actually. Okay. So when I got back, um, it all settled into just this dialogue that's in my head still, you know. Um, it doesn't feel as intense, but I think that's because I've become used to it and learned to navigate my world and to and know that I can focus on my outer world and that that's a good thing because <laughs> mm. <laughs> I do need to. But, um, but at the beginning, when I first came back from Peru, there were all kinds of interesting things going on. Like I could sense, uh, I could sense the presence of certain beings. Uh, and that wasn't always having to do with the dialogue. It was sort of like uh, an indicator of the kinds of allies that were working with me. And I couldn't see them like you. Um, it was almost like out of the corner of your eye, you knew they were there. And you even had an idea of certain characteristics of them. 
like there was this one guy it was pretty funny uh he was i felt like my spiritual coach in a way and and he was like a coach you know and he was right beside me and he was a guy and i knew he was in a suit strangely enough i know this all sounds very whacked but this is what i experienced and there he was and i just i was just like my mind was blown and i was just kind of trying to take it all in and 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 just trying to follow what i was being asked to focus on right meanwhile knowing okay i got this coach suit guy you know beside me and uh you know eventually he kind of dissipated and there were others that showed up and and asked me to do things you know little things um i was asked to cut my hair at one point and then of course later i learned from you know first nations friends and and others that this is and in india th- these are common spiritual practices in a lot of places in the world you know mm-hmm. marking different parts of your journey anyway all very interesting stuff wear certain colors wow. yeah all kinds of things and i was going through this intense process where i had to do a number of things and just had lots of contact years later I'm studying hypnosis as a means to, you know, help people get more connected with their inner selves and with their guiding voice and all of these things you can do through hypnosis by the way. Anyway, there I am in my training and I'm going, you know, using hypnosis to kind of go in and and meet a guide, you know. I I've decided okay, well, there's going to have to be another one. Someone will show up because the people the entities that show up are basically who you need at that time in your life or given your intention or whatever and my intention in that particular moment was uh to advise me on this whole you know launching my own hypnosis practice how do i go about that what's the best thing to do right <laughs> and um the the guy that showed up was this like wizardy looking guy you know the whole traditional idea that we have of wizards with the long hair and the you know the robe and <laughs> and you know old and decrepit and you know even with the staff the whole bit right and i it was just funny the way it struck me right and there i was in this hypnosis and there was a lot of imagery that was being given to me but he showed up and said yeah ignore all that come here and took me to this place where i was in the desert before when i did peyote and in the desert there was this this facilitator took me to a place that was very unique with a little lake in the middle of this desert and he took me to the same place and i'm like um are you my like business guide <laughs> this wizard guy and he started joking i'm the best business you know guide and he's like all creaky and it was hilarious made me laugh anyway and going into this experience my heart i had some pain in it too which was interesting i ignored it and just kind of kept going and he said and i said well what should i do what how should i promote it da 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 and he's like yeah yeah you can do all that but what you really need to do is connect your brain with your heart he said let me do that and then he connected the two and immediately that pain stopped mm. and he said that's that's really what you have to do you know do all the rest whatever you know <laughs> promotion thing and then when I back i just thought that was so hilarious that when i come back from the spiritual experience in peru i got this business suit guy you know guiding me through the whole spiritual end i go into the business side of things and i get this wizardy guy 
It's like someone's playing his trick, you know. They're, they're... They are hilarious. And they're constantly kind of poking at your own ideas of things and trying to change them a little bit. Because I had my own 100%. idea about suits and all of this, right? And they're really deliberately... Iboga was very good at that, too, poking fun at me. You know, when he showed up in, in this uh, cowboy get-up, there was this understanding that cowboys are really not my thing. It was intentional. <laughs> Missed his hand at the end of all of it and said, and shook it and said, Thanks for doing business with me. <laughs> and he knows my ideas about business. I was in the corporate world for years, and you know, and he was poking fun at me. It was, it was quite funny, very it's, effective. It's, it's humbling, you know. <clears throat> yeah. I like how you said very effective. That's like a, a, they know how to catch your, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I made, I spoke to about, I spoke to you about this, Sammy. Um, on a phone call about one of my mushroom experiences where I, I actually met an entity, which was one of the first times that's ever happened before. And it was just like this authority, like intense figure. And it was, I just remember like a big face and he was just giving me deep wisdom. And I'm like, what's your name? And he gave me the name and then I couldn't remember it. So I was panicking cause I couldn't remember this entity's name. And I spent, I have it in my psychedelic journal. It's the funniest thing. I kind of wrote as it was going. I'm like, was given a name. Can't remember. Need to figure it out. <laughs> and then you just see like some more notes and then you see 3 a.m. I remember the name. And, then <laughs> 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 and you could track it in my journal and it says Zergeki. So I'm like, he gave me the name Zergeki. <laughs> Zergeki, I know his name. And then Sammy and I were on the phone talking about this. This was years ago. And I was talking to Sammy about it a few, a few weeks ago. And... Um, Basically, uh, we laughed. We're like, Zergeki could just mean like a water bottle in their world. And they're just like, give the little human a little word. Just let him play with Zergeki. He's going to think it's this giant <laughs> meaning and he's going to live by Zergeki. And meanwhile, Zergeki might even be like our friend. We're just pranking our friend. And every time you say Zergeki, he's like getting a little nudge. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's like... The whole joke is that I took myself so serious. This name means something. This name is Zergeki. It's yeah, words have power. We think we're invoking something, you know, like where you think there's this magic spell. <laughs> uh, like you, you want it to, you want to have a key or something, you know, like you want to be left with something. And yeah, you know, <laughs> you don't know what you're being left with. Zergeki could just be a, a water bottle. <laughs> you know, it's the funniest thing. I love it. And that just reminds you, hey, you're you're taking yourself a little bit too serious. And y you didn't fall for that. Seriously enough, you know, mm. another thing is that we invoke this power within them. It's like these all-powerful beings. And what they're really trying to do is to show us just how powerful we are. Mm -hmm. yeah. We just keep turning it back to them. It's like, oh, goodness, here we go again. Yeah, <laughs> you that's, know? that's a good point. Here we I go. Remember with all these questions I had, and they just kept turning it back to me, and it was becoming dizzying after a while. Um, in fact, that was one part that was most difficult. It was like, I'm never going to get away from this. I have to look at myself <laughs> and I have to forget about all that. Um, and, and I just relented like you have to, or you'll go crazy. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beat down. He said, I was asking about free will, you know, I've been this, you know, philosophical thinker from a very young age and, uh, and I wanted to understand about that. And he says, of course you have free will. Um, you're using it all the time, usually against yourself, <laughs> you know, so it was a really big indicator that we have far more power than we're aware of, and we're wielding it in ways that are really harmful. 
Mm. And that's why we got to pay attention to what's going on inside of us. Because if we keep, yeah, we're just not looking in the right places. <laughs> it's a fascinating concept, uh, but I, I love getting into it because I do feel like it's important and kind of like uh, invisible. But we're, we kind of painted ourselves into a corner and the paint is free will. I don't know, the analogy sucks, but like the, the, there is this uh, ability to cut ourselves off. It's like, okay, you you have free will, like everything's of God, everything's cool, everything's perfect, but also you have free will and, and self-awareness and perception. And it's like, oh, we're going to use that to pretend that, that we're, everything's ruined and everything sucks and we're not of God. <laughs> and then God or whoever, all the entities are like, no, but also I guess that's karma. Let's have fun with it. <laughs> There's this, this weird grace about the whole thing, but it, it's definitely a suffering, you know, like we're, we're, we feel we're, we've used our power to make ourselves believe we're powerless yeah there there's a lot of suffering i was telling uh nathaniel that i came across the recordings that i made when i first came back from peru and first had this voice and went through all this dialogue and all these intense dreams and waking up at three in the morning with these messages and then i couldn't write i just couldn't like turn on the light and i was still in it you know so i just i just grabbed my phone and and pressed record and just talked you know, and that was easiest for me. Mm -hmm. And so I got all these recordings and I just started listening to them. And one of them was just about this immense suffering, you know. Uh, they would ask me to watch certain movies and, and then I, they would give me this teaching and this whole healing through it. And I'd be like bawling, you know, and getting these downloads. And and one of them was just about all the suffering. It was um, the story of Anne Frank. And it wasn't about the Nazis or, you know, it's just about this mass suffering and all of us. And that, you know, wanting to not be out of it is not enough. We There has to be some deeper fundamental change, you know. There, there has to be something deeper. Uh, you know, wanting it is a good beginning, but it's it's not enough. We, we do have to shift fundamentally. And... Um, and I do believe that working with these medicines and then doing our work when we get back out into this fear carnival is, you know, that this this medicine journey that we call life, you know, because this it doesn't stop with that. And and when we find ourselves walking around in this experience, uh, trying to to come from a position of love, and having that challenge. We got to pay attention to to those reactions of ours, because in there lies a lot of possibilities. You know, because we can learn a lot about ourselves when we find ourselves being angry at that person. The more we focus on that person, the further away we get to the answers. Hmm. The more we focus on ourselves and why we feel that way, that's where the magic is. Yeah, it's funny. The, there's this uh, there's this medium channel guy that I'm really interested in. His name is Paul Selig. I don't know if you're aware. Um, he fascinating mirroring a lot of what you're saying and it's funny just a small difference i'm hearing not not really different just a different approach but he he often says uh like what you put in darkness calls you into that darkness or what you damn damns you back but what you're saying is like ignore other people obviously there's a lot of love and 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 work and and it's it's an interconnectedness thing you know, but that's later, let's say. Some of us need to go a little more deeper into the foundation and just work with ourselves, on ourselves. And then this kind of, this downstream byproduct will be this treatment, this fair and open treatment of ourselves and our outer world and, our, and the other people around us. It, like, I, mm -hmm. I, 
I don't think that that where I'm coming from is different from what you're talking about this other guy is saying because yeah. uh, I had a lot of lessons about that too mm-hmm. um, uh, because again they have full access to my thoughts so they know when it's straying into that person does this you know blah 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 which unfortunately you know this is again a part of the big sickness uh, of our existence is is uh, filling our heads with harmful thoughts about ourselves and others and uh, and when the, the critic came in about myself and about other people, why is that person doing that? And that person could be doing like something that I guess a lot of people might even think was harmful or mean or whatever. Doesn't matter. This voice did not care at all about any of that. Mm. It's like, you know what you're doing with that, those thoughts, you know? Um, it's like tapping them on the back and saying, hey, come, come into my, you know, existence. You're calling them in, you mm. know? Because your mind is going there. Our mind is very powerful. So how are we going to use it? If we use it, filling it with ideas like that, yeah, we're doing exactly that. Yeah, we're giving that a lot of power. Yeah, we don't realize it. There's, I feel like the mind is this crazy, like, infinitely tentacled octopus thing. And we, we, have, we are just letting it run rampant and stay attached to so many things. And all that power is kind of being dissipated or distracted or funneled like in a wrong way or in a in a less productive way or in a self-harming way or in a stagnating way, you know. But if you can direct all that energy, if you can if you can quiet it down and, and, and kind of wrangle it in and and put it where it needs to be and take it away when it doesn't, man, that's you become power. a different kind of human. Yeah. It's a it's this immense power. Uh, yeah. And you meet when you meet people like that. When you see the, like the like the uh, not necessarily very driven or focused. I think that's often a, a common byproduct. But there's some kind of laser about them. There's something solid. I mean, them, us. Like I've I've glimpsed. I guess I I definitely know I have a lot of work to do. But it can be as simple as as, as having a like an auto hypnosis practice or a, or a meditation practice or something. Uh, curious sidebar. I know I'm going to forget. But do you use like tapes? Or like, do you, when you do you auto hypnotize, do you just do like a relaxation induction on yourself? Is it kind of like oh a walking? Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, it's very interesting with me now because I have this voice that helps me. So I do recordings for other people, um, but ultimately, when I work with people, I, I I teach them to do it for themselves. In the end, you know, I record what whatever goal it is we're working on to help them to achieve. But ultimately, I teach them methods so that they can do it for themselves, as I do it for myself. But with me, it works a little differently because sometimes this voice kicks in and <laughs> does the whole thing for me. It's like beautiful. Yeah, That's it's awesome. amazing. I go back to the jungle. I I connect with healers and uh, yeah, I have ayahuasca experiences with it. It's, it's beautiful. Um, but getting back to something you were saying, um, yeah, let's focus on, so we, we discussed the, the harmful thing about, you know, letting your mind go out and all these thoughts about, you know, whoever, mm-hmm. whoever's doing bad things, you know, it's, it is, it does take up a lot of our space and, and I can see how enticing it is just like the, the art carnival there, you know, <laughs> and, and you seem to have this great purpose. You know, I, I had this purpose before I, I delved into the medicines. I was, you know, making, um, uh, activist oriented, uh, 
documentary about the deep world politics, and and I really believed I was getting somewhere, and 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 on this you know tremendously important mission, and and it was I was doing harm to me and and lots of others. I was not helping anybody. Now I'm I'm doing so much more help than than I did then, uh, but I'm glad for it all again because it led me where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, fast forward with the whole power of our mind. Um, I remember this incident where I was on a streetcar with my son and, you know, pre-COVID, like a few years back now, and uh, we were crammed, you know, to the gills in this streetcar together. And sometimes, you know, this people come on and they're not in great shape. And I've got my young son there with me and the protective mama comes out of me. Anyway, this guy stumbled on and he just wasn't doing too well. And I... You know that that protective thing—it's—it's it's like a knee-jerk reaction, you know. But um, instead of reacting, I reach out in my mind to this, you know, presence that I refer to as ayahuasca, and say, well, "What do I do about this? I can tell this guy's not in great shape, and I don't want to, you know, be offensive or go into fear or anything. You know, mm. help me." And so her response was, "Okay, you know what we're going to do? <laughs> we're going to um, give you a love bubble." <laughs> <laughs> and I had this imagery, full imagery of this this pink bubble being surrounded by me and my son, and and ours was connected, the two of us. And then, she, and and it was not only protecting us, but emanating love outward. And then she dropped a love bubble on this guy that wasn't doing too well, you know, and he was clearly drunk and and you know on the street, you know, poor guy. Anyway. And he was out of it, right? But we're smushed up against. And he turned around out of the blue after the love bubble drop in my mind, right? And he turned around, looked at me, and he said, thank you. Whoa. Whoa. And started to talk about his spirituality. Whoa. <laughs> That's... <laughs> out of the blue, I had not said a word to this guy. All of this was going on in here. That is phenomenal. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about this yesterday about vibes and vibrations and and different people can actually you feel like you kind of get pulled into their vibration and you get elevated so maybe the being a little bit drunk and a little bit out of our reality <laughs> he was kind of bumping into the membrane of the of the higher vibration and then you're there just like hey we love you and they just like what the fuck thank you <laughs> <laughs> startling to me you know it was yeah it, it, and beautiful. that's it yeah it's so it's so I, I i have this need to question and to get more answers and to like how does that work how do i do that again i need i need it's an experiment i need reproduced uh, results and all it's like but but i mean you were th- you were there that happened hmm? you know do your own experiment i i've started actually i i've i've kind of tried to treat it more like uh, funny enough, I, I started reading this book, The Fifth Sacred Thing. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's a fantastic book. It's a it's a fiction, but it has a lot of it has a lot of common um, spiritual tropes, let's say. And uh, I've just start, started implementing this stuff into my life. It's simple things sometimes of like drawing a circle around myself, like in my mind, and and. It, there is this question of of uh, individuation and and protection, but as soon as that question, as soon as that comes into play, you realize you're not 
like you want to emanate love still, like you were saying. But there, there's this effectiveness that I am experiencing. So even though I wish I could like write a textbook about it and teach the next generation or whatnot, you know, like I can't, I can't, I can't exactly do a class about it. But if it's changing my life and and affecting my my day to day, it's it. You know, my ego doesn't like it, but I guess that's as far as it needs to go. Sometimes it's incredible. We have this this vibe, this reach, you know, and and if we play with it, then we start playing with the outer world with the with the 3d world as well mm. in a way that we weren't before in a subtle way like in an, in a behind the like in the code kind of way i don't know is, it, is that something that you would want to do you mentioned well i couldn't you know teach others i mean is that something you would want to do uh i think i have a, it's it's a little bit of personally in like a shadow way like in a kind of ego way I've, i we talked about this yesterday afterwards like yeah. when we were walking i just have this need to be able to defend what I am experiencing. If I was in your position and I had a clear like channel to a, a, like a higher wisdom, I would have a, a definitely a hard time uh, exposing myself, like telling other people about it. And, and as soon as they had questions, my, yeah, like I, I'm, I can't imagine how you, you felt like uh, integrating this into your, your persona, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a whole story in and of itself because after I got accustomed to this for about a year or so, then I was asked to go and speak publicly about it. Uh-oh. And I mean, it would not leave me alone about this. <laughs> I would felt like throwing up every day when I thought about it and I had to organize it myself, promote it myself, um, do it myself, write it myself. And then it wrote the last you know, panel of, of this, this talk that I gave. And of course, there was right. part of me that really felt like I knew that this was part of my 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 purpose. I did, but there was just these fears, and I'm like, I'm not ready. What is that? You know? And it, and uh, I remember in response one night when I was ranting to it about, oh my God, and I got to do this, and wah wah wah. Um, it gave me this heart opening experience, which was so beautiful, and and I just loved it, and I just thought, yeah, you know. Um, Everybody wants to experience this. That, like, that's a, just a bottom line truth. There's no question about that. Everybody would want to feel that way. And then I just said, help me feel even just close to this when I'm giving this talk, you know. And uh, one of the things, it's been kind of like coaching me to the point where it just came full on and saying, you've got to do this now. Um, and the beginning was like just tapping me on the shoulder and saying, hey, how do you feel about, you know, talking about this? And fear, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, its response was, that's because you believe that you are separate from them. And the voice was talking about the audience. You know, and again, there was this theme of responsiveness. Mm-hmm. So again, I had to heal whatever was inside of me that was at odds with myself because this experience is responsive, right? What was that quote you showed me from community? Because that's exactly what you're saying with the suits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, well, the, there's this show that I'm obsessed with and um, there's this there's this younger man who is like uh, in college, fresh out of high school and he's wearing his letter jacket because he was you know, like the 
star quarterback of the football team, you know, and he's kind of riding those ego, egotistical coat, like a uh, coattails. And, um, he, he asks this guy, like, you know, people have been, you know, busting on me about wearing it. If I take it off just to please them, it's, I, I lose, right? It's like, uh, they, they, they get all the power and he goes, man, keep it for them. Take it off for them. Either way, it's for them. That's what's weak. And, yes. and he just the goes public. like, whoa, you're wrinkling my brain. Like it's, he didn't even yeah. see, he got lifted a layer above, you know? And it's like, you, yeah. you're playing this game of comparison and fear. And mm -hmm. the truth is, I mean, maybe the show is not that spiritual, but the, the conclusion is like, you're, you're, you're playing with hierarchies again. And you're, you're, you're holding on to a position you wish you had essentially and, and not admitting the position that you are in and then just kind of seeing this like, uh, you know, this Indra net of, of humans. Like this just, it's, there's a beauty in where you are and where you're standing and, and move on from that and just do the work you got to do. Like, don't worry about the, the he's over there, she's over here. I got to act a certain way. I mean, can you expand on that a bit? Like, do you, because you said you had to heal this kind of inner thing now. Like you, you had this comparison or this like forgetting that they're just people as well and that they want to hear you or, or maybe even need to hear what you have to say in, in, on some level. Like, to, like what did you have to kind of trick in your own brain to, or in your heart like to, to be able to get up there? Oh, well, that's, that's an ongoing thing, really. It's just our relationship with ourselves. Like, I've just been working on my relationship with me because that's really at the heart of all of it, right? Um, when I'm focusing on other people, I'm just distracting myself from that more important relationship that reflects outwards to my relationship with everybody else. Hmm. So um. once we have a better relationship with ourselves, our experience in the world improves and it's an ongoing thing it's like a marriage it's like anything else you have to work at it and there are times when you know you slack off or um or you reach a plateau and then you then there's the next thing you know um it's a lifelong thing so i think it's improving for sure um and then you reach another level where a new challenge comes and then you start to be aware of your own reactions to all of it it's just it's an ongoing thing it really is um but there's Lots of fun and magic along the way um, to keep me entertained and, <laughs> you know. It sounds like a fitness regime. It sounds like uh, there's, no, there's no need to stop ever, you know. It's, if you think you need to stop, you're, you're giving into fear again, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else's experience. This has been mine, certainly. And, yeah, and, and I, I kind of, I'm now with the program. It's like, okay, I'm not going to keep looking for the when will this ever end thing you know mm. when will i be done i for the first couple of years it was all about being done <laughs> and I realized, yeah and there's no such thing <laughs> and that's okay now that i got that i got it yeah i never stopped working on my relationship with my sons so i never stopped working on my relationship with me i always want to improve it and at the same time try to you know be aware of when it's not going so well and and counting on this voice in this presence and and the work that i do the tools that we use you know to make us aware of these things if we're open to it because it does um you know it does change you you know and i 
I don't know what people are talking about when they use the word ego. I'm very reluctant to use these kinds of words because I know that everybody probably has a different idea of what that means. Um, but it certainly changed me and I can see that um, whatever was in place before that attitude that I had, you can call it ego or what, what have you, um, has, has certainly altered significantly, <laughs> changed a great deal. I'm yeah. sure it had to, to, to go everything you've gone through. Yeah. Because every time when you want to move forward, you have to face yourself because you're the only person that's in your way. <laughs> so then you have to learn about something that you're not doing right, which is not really, I don't think, the best way of looking at things. It's an opportunity to move forward. It's it's like a door mm. opening, really. So if you look at it as I'm bad and I did this bad, I grew up as in a Catholic environment. So believe me, I've had a lot of hurdles to overcome <laughs> and all the games right um but now i'm you know i i'm actually becoming a bit of a junkie but tell me what i'm doing wrong so i can move forward you know it's a theme in my life that I, it's been recurring but more so now it's just the this this phrase of just trusting the process you know just just yeah. really trusting the process and trusting the process doesn't mean doing nothing it just means doing what you're doing and knowing that it's going to lead somewhere even though if you can't see where it's going you just trust that it will and that's so empowering you know surrender to it yeah yeah mm. this whole you know taking our defenses down all those things we think are helping us and and letting all of them go and then the magic happens mm. um i remember uh this voice came prominently to me because usually it's in response to me reaching out and going what about this or what about that but I remember one time when I came back from Peru, because I went early this year and uh, and had a, a very difficult experience and came back. This voice kicked in big time saying, you've got to go back. And I was like, <laughs> oh, the street didn't work out so well. I was in Peru. I had a friend who we've been in contact for a long time. It's like, let's go to Cusco. And I'm like, yes, let's get something positive out of this experience. And this voice is going, go home, go home. And giving me enticing images of my country like they, it's almost like they they were trying to make me fall in love with my own country again when i was just like you know really wanting the jungle and uh anyway it was crazy finally i relented and, and you know two days on the phone with the airlines and you know in tears in the end finally getting a flight home that i didn't want but by the end of it it's like i guess i did because i was going so crazy mm. uh, coming back feeling much more fried out than i've left and um and 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 the messages i got from these experiences too it's like okay you got you know everybody humanity has to stop focusing on illness <laughs> and i come home to covid and then of I realized, of course, that, you know, the reason why I was being urged to go home, one of them was I would have been stuck there otherwise, right? So mm -hmm. it was very helpful. Anyway, wow. I came home and, you know, I had a part-time gig that I was using to kind of help me ease my way into my whole full-on, you know, just doing full-time work with shamanism and hypnosis and, you know, podcasting and writing and all my stuff, right? And then I was like, you know, moved out of that because, you know, my job ended. And anyway, I'm, I'm working on all this in my mind and doing some cleaning, um, which is can you can go into a meditative state when you're focused in this way, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going through the problems in my mind. And I think I was trying to use my old logical self to solve them. And 
you know, and, and thinking about all of the problems associated with one situation. And this voice kicked in and said, you're praying to all the wrong gods. <laughs> you know? And so I sat back and I'm like, okay, what do you mean? And then it occurred to me that when I'm thinking again, this power of the mind thing, when I'm thinking about that could go wrong and I got to avoid that. And I was thinking about all the negative stuff, right? And what this voice was inviting me to do was think about all the positive possibilities, the God of prosperity, the God of, uh, of, of opportunity. You know? mm-hmm. And so as soon as I started to think about prosperity, I got this image of this God, you know, of prosperity. And it was funny and very much along the lines of the kinds of experiences that we have with medicines where these characters show up, you know, and, it was just a way to get me to focus in that direction. Like we are really the gods, you know, <laughs> and we're communicating out into the world. That's what I want. You know, mm. when we're communicating on all these problems, it's like saying, Hey, problems come my way. You know, <laughs> I think that's the most counterintuitive lesson that I'm trying to integrate right now. And Paul Selig says the same thing. Like we're, we're tuning into things, you know, we, we, as just as a culture, as a, as a belief system for our reality in this 3d world, like we believe we need to be logical and righteous and prepared and, and cautious. And the truth is we're calling all of these things to us. Well, look where it's led us, right? Exactly. Proof's in the pudding. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 it's tricky. It's, this is like, this is where I feel like, um, faith is useful. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to place that word sometimes, and it's very loaded, obviously. But to 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 just let go of things you think are serving you because you see that they don't anymore, or maybe never did, and to just f- dive into this different modality that might not be generally accepted, might not be fully understood by the self, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of reasons why. That's faith. That's the faith. It's you literally have your old structure telling you the new structure is is wrong but the new structure is just like hey bro we got cookies like come over here like it's, it works don't worry and you've and you've even seen it a few times by the way sorry so there were tools that were given to me to deal with those voices and ideas that come in saying enticingly hey the logic blah 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 you know all seemingly enticing and intelligent and all this stuff and you can just like literally shut them out. At the very beginning, when I was connected with a lot of spiritual helpers that were in the form of animals, they would come in in very entertaining ways and help me. Mm-hmm. They would come like drag off this idea. And, and you know, um, I remember I had a lot of family members in my head when I was just really still coping with depression and, and all of these thoughts, right? And I had this dog that would show up, this beautiful... Um, uh, golden retriever type, you know, just lovely dog and friendly and helpful. And it asked me to make a bone out of all my issues with whatever person <laughs> that I was like, you know, was taking up space in my mind. And the bigger the the issue, the bigger the bone, you know, <laughs> of contention. And, and, the, and the dog would like drag the bone off, you know, and I would watch this happen and it would bury it like miles away and it would show me it's buried it's gone you know and and it was like my my own intention expressed through this creative way of saying i'm deciding not to entertain that any longer and to put to bury it to 
put it away. So when you have these conflicting ones happening and you want to go in one direction, you can use these creative processes because eventually this voice said, <clears throat> we'll do this for a while, but now we want you to. Mm -hmm. You know, it would, like these spirits would show up and help me, but then it's like, now you do it. Mm. You know, so I would be the one to generate because these, I mean, this, this dog came into my perception, but instead it was now asking me, you create the figure or the means, like put it in an elevator and press down, and let it go. Like whatever creative thing that you want to come up with, but it's up your doing and it's more powerful because you're generating it, you yeah. know? I, I so definitely you, resonate I don't openly talk about uh, my experiences as much as uh, you do, I'm sure. But I'm, I've started, especially with the podcast. And uh, there's there's animals and there's uh, funny imagery. And, and it's half my imagination. It's it's very much informed by, by my choice, by my experiences and stuff. And and it's, 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 uh, it's really intense because there's that same idea of like, look, we can show you, but you got to do this eventually yourself. I had yeah. the exact same message. I've had uh, I've had some red-haired and angelic sister energy. I don't even I don't have a sister, you know. And y you were saying before, like they they can hear all your thoughts. So there's yeah. this kind of honest and indestructible love coming from these entities because you cannot hide shit from them, and they still love you. So you're like, oh, yeah, like I'm lovable, like mm -hmm. deep down, you know. And then this thing showed me. This woman showed me how, like a. Um, a, a way like they sh she showed me essentially showed me how to meditate i thought i knew how al already you know but there was this kind of added t like like uh information or sense or something of of what needed to be done and how it could be done and and I've, i had another thing like cleanse my third eye because i was smoking too much weed and and essentially like, the imagery was amazing because it's like this crow that like jumped like attacked me and ripped my pineal gland out of my head and it wasn't not in a painful way. It's like this kind of fatherly, kind of like this reluctant father, I would say. And, um, but again, still informed by love. And this guy rips my pineal gland and flies into the sun, like becomes this large ant, like crow, and like flaps once and and gets to the sun and like cleanses my my third eye. And mm -hmm. I mean, I had a very different experience of of how I perceived things after that. So I was very much like confused and scared and kind of taken aback and like what am i what am i dabbling with you know and then he said something along the lines of like i'll do this again for you one more time like you're gonna you're gonna fall into your habits again and realize what i've given you and i'm gonna do this for you again but you only get two <laughs> you know kind of like this uh, okay. hmm? that really is because it's almost like saving you from putting yourself through the whole down on yourself thing you know, yeah. for but falling into that trap again. That, I, I love that intelligence that I didn't feel like was me. It's like, look, man, like I'm, you, you, you don't even know you're going to do it again and I'm already forgiving you. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And you don't know what to say in those moments. And, and like, you, I, I'll, I'll be laughing or crying or something. And from the outside perspective, I'm just like having a kind of waking dream or something. Like, I don't know how to, but again, Screw the outside perspective. Like we're we're trying. We're, yeah. Yeah. What are we accomplishing through this? Look at the amazing things that that we're uh, we're accomplishing through it. Isn't that all that matters? Who cares about the other stuff? Look, we're given these amazing tools, and we're making progress that we couldn't make with 
all the impressive logic and intelligence that we used before. Let's embrace it. Now, if you really want to be intelligent, I think we know the obvious answer here is to embrace this and move forward with it, right? That's deep intelligence, you know? That's not the for the impressive masses thing. That's the intuitive, I think I need this for myself. Mm. Yeah, that's all it's for. I mean, like, you're, you you yeah. can't share it, really. It's just this it, personal, intertwined with what you already understand. Like, it's tailored to you. It's like... It's right. of you. It's, it's like very, very intimate. Yeah, mm -hmm. intimate is a perfect word. There, there's, I, I even kind of feel antsy about sharing it because it doesn't give it justice. It doesn't feel like I'm getting the full message across. There's always this kind of uh, hesitations, which I'm, I'm sure well, you've uh, come across. I think that when it comes up naturally, like it has, when we're opening up to, you know, having this sincere discussion. Um, for authentic purposes. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, and I think that it can benefit many people, but that's a side effect. I think that it's helping us to discuss it, right? It, it is. I feel um, it, like I'm, I, if you're coming from any place of fear and self-doubt and stuff, you're going to instantly color anything with uh, that caution and that, that righteousness that I was talking about earlier. And in this case... You know, it's, it, I'm, I, a voice isn't telling me to kill somebody. I don't feel compelled. No, exactly. You know, this is not, uh, this is, I'm not, I'm functional. You know, I'm, I, if anything, I have to tune in. I have to force, you know, you're, you're being bombarded by, by a voice. You know, it's not exactly the same, but I, like I said at the beginning. Like, like, do you have do you have trouble shutting it out sometimes? Or like you said, now it's kind of a mastery. Like, it's like you can tune in and tune out. I think that at the beginning, because it kind of presented itself and was a very big and ongoing experience, um, I didn't see my own part in it. Uh, I was just, this is happening to me kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, it took years uh, to understand that the own, the nuances of my own, uh, the way my own mind was participating you know, so now I reach out to it very deliberately, but then again, I have a relationship with this, whatever it is, this entity, higher consciousness, you know, what have you, that I call ayahuasca, because when I've asked, who are you, whatever, the word ayahuasca keeps coming back, so I'm fine with that, you know, because I just, I didn't really worry too much about all that, I just wanted, you know, the help. Just a noun um, is useful sometimes. And then when this voice spoke to me, like when I was cleaning and I think falling into old habits a little bit because I'd had a very jarring experience, uh, uh, to be honest, earlier in the year. Right. And then, you know, coming back on the plane and the whole COVID thing and then being faced with knowing that, you know, one of the things I had to integrate was, you know, not focus on this. And yet everything was like red lights here <laughs> you know, and and, and it was impeding my life. It wasn't something that I could really easily ignore either. So I was trying to navigate this. And I guess I was slightly moving my focus into uh, old habits. And then this voice did kick in. So, yeah, sometimes it does. I wouldn't say bombard, but it does um, intervene. Uh, but at the beginning, it did feel differently because I wasn't aware of my own participation in that. Now I now now we our relationship is a little more, I, I get it a little better. Mm. I was even almost warned or about that before I went to Peru this time that the, that it would change. Our relationship would change a little bit. 
and I was a little worried because, you know, you're used to having it with you, mm. but that, you know, I could call upon it, but I'd have to, that it was going to change and, and it has it's still uh, there. But, yeah. I'm wondering maybe if you, you asked this voice or maybe it's not even needed to be asked, but is it possible that it could have been there this whole time, your entire life, but it just took your series of events to just put you into tune with what was already there? I think that us opening up and finding uh, those parts of ourselves that are capable of this is the key. And I help people do that with hypnosis all the time. Yeah. So, yes, it's inside of you and you and us and me and everybody, potentially. It, it could be accessed. I feel it's like yeah. a radio. I feel like it's always on and we're just finding and tapping in. But I, again, I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I, I'd love your opinion on this. I find at first at least uh, my f my first few like handful of experiences like this where where some kind of outer intelligence was was presenting itself to me i was always in a kind of state of uh, turmoil uh, i don't think this is so necessary anymore you know maybe this door to perception is kind of open but like i i had i was in a st i was suffering essentially and uh, and some maybe in some kind of vulnerable state and forced to listen if you will and then i would start discovering or these things would be presented to me and and kind of louder you know like kind of less informed by my imagination and more just coming in clear oh yeah all the time they have ways of making us pay attention for sure <laughs> and this is why we develop this understanding of this relationship as being parent and child because there are very similar dynamics you know oh my god you know it's like listen <laughs> sometimes <laughs> all the time yeah oh man I, I i'd love to i mean i don't know uh, it's kind of a loaded question but um i i had certain um entities or or dialogues when i uh, was in ceremony with ayahuasca and now i'm wondering because of of this you know this uh, voice let's say has that chosen that noun for you like would do you think it'd be easy for me to kind of reaccess that or them sure. as ayahuasca maybe? Yeah. I'd I'd love to experiment that because they were very I think I've mentioned it on the podcast, but they were very it was a fascinating experience. I mean, they were they were just talking there was two there were kind of these two floating things, almost like masks, and they were talking to each other. They weren't talking to me. <laughs> and, I've had that too, yeah. <laughs> It was really. Were, having, were they having a discussion about you? Yeah, yeah, they were. I was const. I was having, you know, all my all my thoughts were bubbling up. I was in the washing machine that that we go through sometimes when we take psychedelics, and um, and uh, I I don't know. I'd have a thought about feeling a certain way or or seeing myself a certain way, and they'd be like, "Oh wow, he thinks he's like this. Oh, he thinks he's this thing. He thinks he's this. He thinks he's that." I wish I had a clearer examples because they were mind blowing. It was like you're creating all these labels that have nothing to do with what you actually are, but they weren't uh, talking. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just um. Yeah. You you just tapped into a, a certain uh, experience that we could we could have through hypnosis that will help you with that very thing. By uh, the way. Rain check. I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love yeah, to do yeah. that. Well, it um, and the conversation about you uh, I'm not the only one that's had this either where um, and I have a lot of experiences in the night where I, I wake up at you know three in the morning is this magical hour and then first thing as I'm waking up I get these serious messages to <laughs> this profound very you know 
uh, deafening inner voice where it's like, listen, you know, mm -hmm. and, and of course you're just like all attention, right? You're in theta state, which is actually very similar to where you go with hypnosis, right? So all of it's intertwined. Connected, yeah. Um, but I had this experience in the night early on where there was like this council of these, <laughs> these beings that were going, so what are we going to do with this one? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like me, right? And they were trying to work out, you know, where I fit in. I think that some of us are just meant to, to, to play our role. You know, this is not about ego uh, necessarily, unless somebody makes it about that. Mm. Um, Certain people are meant to, to, to do certain things. I mean, have you heard the stories? So some people come out artists and it's like they just not realize that that's who they are, you know? Other people come out with other gifts like this, this woman that I know that her mathematical skills were just like through the roof. And this was a love that she'd forgotten she had and a skill that she didn't realize that she was so... I mean, you know, this is the problem with paying attention to other people. It's like, I want that. It's like, but but you, what you really want is who you are. Find out that and you won't care about that so much. Not in an uncaring way, but in a not so distracting and, you know, unhealthy attachment kind of way, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. We just have to discover our own gifts. And for me, this whole using your voice thing, it just came back again and again and again and again it's like oh my god okay i got it it was really tough <laughs> for me but I, there was no getting away from it and mm. and i don't think and they did say you're not going to be well if you ignore this this is very much a part of who you are it's just who you are that's uh i can resonate with that i, f I feel like i'm being um edged into that idea because i can't really handle it yet but i'm being the, the, my head's being grabbed and turned sometimes and it's like, this is you, man. Like, you're, something in your mind doesn't like something in your heart and you gotta fix that or else you're gonna get sick. Like That connection is very important and we don't think of them as aligned. In fact, in our logical external world, they seem to be very, you know, unhealthily, like, separate things, you know, the heart and the mind, it's almost like we're presented with this idea that they should be in conflict with one another or compartmentalized. And medicine's all they're trying to do is like, no, the opposite, <laughs> you know, all we have to do is turn our world completely upside down. And then I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. So it's a small ask. Yeah. Let's flip everything. I believe so too. No, I, I, uh... I, remember that I just in, in keeping with the conversation about discovering who we are and being at peace with that. Um, mm. I was on my way to a mushroom ceremony uh, that I was having uh, and with a friend and um, I was flying to, to where she was to, to have the ceremony and as the plane landed, this happens often with me, I get the message before I ingest anything. And it's very intentional to kind of demonstrate to me so that I can have faith in the work that I do with others, that we, not, not like we don't need the medicines, but we, we are capable of this stuff. These relationships we have with these entities, they exist, and they're not dependent upon us ingesting anything. Mm -hmm. And I, I had this with peyote, I've had it with ayahuasca, it connects with me before I ingest anything, and very deeply too. Um, sure, there are all thing, kinds of things that, you know, it can do when we're in this uh, altered state because we're shedding our resistance. We're getting rid of our protective, fearful mechanisms, mm -hmm. right? Just like we do in meditation, ayahuasca, or, um, 
hypnosis and, and, and sleep and all, all of these things. That's why dreams can be powerful, all that stuff, right? Anyway, here I am landing on the, on the plane. I haven't even touched anything yet. And suddenly this mess, this download comes. And this download is like, you are a teacher. And tears just started flowing. I'm getting really used to crying in public. So I'm, I'm, I'm really fine with that. But, you know, there was part of me that just like, uh, I started to go into this gratitude mode. You know, thank you, thank you. Almost like they were complimenting me, like giving me the greatest honor. And the response they gave me was, no, no, no. No, thank you. No. It's like, this is who you are. It's like you have a right arm and you have a left arm and you're a teacher. It's a fact. Get used to it. Own it. You know, it's important. Pay attention. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to do with ego. It's about authenticity. It's about us getting to know who we are. We learn in school about all this other external stuff. We don't learn much about ourselves. We got to start doing that if we want this world to change. Because the magic is inside of us. There's something in there for all of us that's very important. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to end this show. Yeah, I get, yeah we're, we're pretty much at time. That, well, I don't know how to top that either. Yeah. <laughs> that, was that just kind of sucked the, the words out of me. <laughs> the truth man we're, yeah. we're leaning into some kind of uh individual i, I don't want to say it in a bad way but a kind of self-centered world i think covid kind of brought us all back into ourselves a, a lot of different things are and it's not a bad thing i think we need to get in touch with ourselves and i think we are and i think that I, i'm grateful for that yeah i think what we used to consider to be self-centered was from a perspective that is is no longer the way that that we can we can uh experience it now it's not self-centered with respect to anybody else. It's connecting to that part of ourselves that needs to happen so that we can exist harmoniously in this world with others. It's almost like we're just connecting mm -hmm. to what was neglected, you know? A kind of integration, yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah. now that's the focus right now is to rebuild the, 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 the one. And then when everyone rebuilds the one, you have a collective right there because everyone yeah. is, is living true to the one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we are all connected, then our responsibility is to our part. It's literally building part. the foundation. You know? Our part. Yeah. yeah. And, and connecting to that part of ourselves that can function well, you know, and Absolutely. be true to itself and authentic and, and be at peace with itself Absolutely. and with others. Yeah. What else is there to do here, right? <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> Get on it, everyone. Well, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. That was uh, that was special. I, I almost yeah. I wish it didn't have to end. Honestly, <laughs> I'm having a great well, time. Me on again. I would love that. Okay. I would genuinely love that. Absolutely. All right. So <sighs> I'll put links to where they can find you. But if you want to just plug in your podcasts and have a just have a place where our audience can go check you out. Sure. Um, the podcast is ayahuascatalks.love and uh, I have a blog and a website where you can reach me at uh, rebeccahayden.com or you can um, also email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much oh, for being you. with us. Sure.
Thanks, guys. <laughs> Take care. Stay curious, everybody. Yes. <laughs> that was wonderful.